Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. I'm excited today to be talking with someone who I've collaborated with on a few articles, amongst other things. We've discussed AI, customer experience, and journey orchestration based on our experiences working with leading brands. I'd like to welcome Matthew Eagle, founder and CEO of JourneySpark Consulting. And today we're going to talk about true customer-centric journey orchestration. Matthew, welcome to the show. Greg, it's great to be with you. I'm excited to collaborate and talk about these topics today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know we've done uh, we've done so much talking kind of offline and and collaborating and stuff. I'm, I'm excited to to share some of this with our audiences. So uh, why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself as well as uh, what you're currently doing at JourneySpark Consulting. I launched JourneySpark Consulting to work with leading brands to accelerate value from their investments and customer experience. I love to uh, help on the org design, the culture, the strategy, and, and putting in place more agile approaches to continuous experimentation. And JourneySpark Consulting is all about providing more flexibility to work with companies on these topics. Great, great. Well, yeah, so let's uh, dive in here and get started by talking about setting the right goals for our efforts. Any enterprise is going to have several KPIs in place that drive business decisions. But given that we want to talk about customer centricity here today, uh, perhaps there are some goals to add. So in an article that we co-wrote recently for CMS Wire, we recommended consideration of customer lifetime value or CLV as a shared organization, organizational and, and customer metric of success. Why is CLV an important thing to consider? Many companies have multiple business outcomes they focus on, as well as other metrics like net promoter score that they're using to try to drive customer centricity and business value. What I love about customer lifetime value is it's a simple focused approach that links many things together. It goes beyond what net promoter score does, which really allows you to get a top level view about how engaged your customers are with your brand and how many of them are promoters to connect that more specifically with business outcomes and customer lifetime value is something that allows you to see how the different levers of your business model come together. CLV is driven by both ongoing revenue and improvements in cost. So if you had to have one number, and I'm not a fan of golden metrics, but if you had to pick one number to focus on, CLV brings it together. 
Yeah, and to- totally agree. And I-, I think when we're talking about journey orchestration as well, I, I think what you were saying about NPS and certainly there's a lot of organizations use that in, in successful ways, but I-, I like what you said about CLV being a little a little more uh, able to measure across the the journey and you know just would love your thoughts on you know why why CLV can really be powerful when we're talking about customer journey orchestration what you want to do with er- journey orchestration is be able to see the behaviors you're driving the impact that's having on the experience and the emotions people feel during the experience so both behaviors and feelings and emotions, and whether or not that's converting to the outcomes you want. And journey orchestration is about not just creating something once and done, like launching a website and coming back four years and seeing how, and, and, and relaunching it, but driving continuous experimentation, applying more agility to these ongoing efforts to improve experience. And while CLV is something that measures things over the lifetime of a customer, you can start to see behaviors early in the journey and, and are able to then predict the CLV. For example, in, in health insurance, the way people engage in the first 90 days after enrollment has a big impact on the lifetime value of a member. Similarly, in a retailer or direct-to-consumer brand, when you have loyalty programs, the behavior in the first 90 days after signing up is key to uh, ongoing adoption of behaviors that make you the highest lifetime value. Yeah, and I think this is where, you know, I, th- I think the challenge with a lot of the the lagging indicators and, you know, and I'll lump N- NPS in there. And, you know, even you, you could look at CLV as, as kind of a lagging indicator if you only look at the, the end result. But I, I think what you're saying is this kind of marriage of, journey orchestration, measuring across the journey and leading up to CLV and even, you know, predicting CLV. It's to me, that sounds like a good marriage of, of leading and lagging indicators to really, you know, drive value. Is that, what do you think about that? I agree. I think a lot of people are trying to get to something that's more proactive and predictive. And they're also trying to get to things that are beyond the marketing campaign itself to the ongoing experience. So, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of siloed efforts in companies. CLB allows you to integrate across them and you can get beyond the ad campaign or the email campaign or the social campaign to see the holistic impact on the customer behavior and the economic value of that relationship. Now, you can still drive ongoing continuous optimization of the different piece parts, but CLV allows you to see the forest for the trees. And it also allows you to see the economic value earlier in the customer cycle versus the long lag times with a lot of pre-post testing for campaigns. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And so, you know, I know both of us have worked with, uh, you know, some of the the largest organizations and, you know, many, many, the Fortune 1000s and, and things like that. And, you know, you would think with all the resources at their disposal that something like journey orchestration would be relatively simple to get off the ground and things, but much is the case of it's difficult to get started. And, you know, while it can be extremely powerful when it's implemented, it's there, there's, there's a lot of things that need to get 
done and, and put in place to, to do it really well. What, what would your advice be to an organization trying to set some realistic goals for customer journey orchestration so they can start reaping results? Is this iterative or, you know, what, what are ways that you suggest to kind of get started? One of my favorite expressions, Craig, is you look three years out, but you build today. So you need to strike a balance between the future vision and pragmatic efforts today. Another way of saying that is you don't want to just focus on fixing the foundation and things that are really quick and, and have near-term payback or, or just enabling stuff in the future where you're going to have a lot of very incremental small improvements without ever getting the big payoff. And it may take you a really long time to get the payoff. Uh, like a, a long road to a small house to mix yeah. my metaphors there. So if you look three years out, you think about, well, where am I going to create value? What are the use cases that I create the most value? And you'll have a backlog of things that you want to work on. And then you focus today. So in the next three months, what am I going to do? Am I going to work on my first party data? Am I going to do some proof of concepts, mining on structured data, get additional signals about kind of experience itself? Am I going to run some tests to see if I can optimize content and calls to action with some of the platforms I'm working with on journey orchestration? You do that in a combination where you're, you're prioritizing your backlog of things to work on and some will be green. You can do them out of the box with what's currently available in your tech stack or vendors off the shelf and POCs. Some will be red, meaning like, wow, I really need to fix some foundational things before I'm ready to do this. And some will be yellow which means you can work on them with some workarounds, either with a broken back end during the test or with manual efforts during the test to get around the problems before you've scaled them, like process changes and things like that. Yeah. And you have the balance of green, yellow, green and yellow efforts in your pipeline of what you're working on, always working towards your end state vision. And you're taking an agile approach to what you're working on with your green and yellow efforts to make sure you get feedback quickly before you invest too much effort. Before we continue, I wanted to share a key strategic resource that a majority of the Fortune 500 are already aware of. Finding the best technology, business, and talent solutions is not easy. With business demands and competitive pressures mounting, you need to be able to design, deploy, and optimize your technology to provide leading customer experiences while driving business growth. Those of you that have been listening to this show for a while know that this podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems a global provider of technology, business, and talent solutions for more than 80% of the Fortune 500. Tech Systems accelerates business transformation for their customers. Whether you're looking to maximize your technology ROI, drive business growth, or elevate customer experiences, Tech Systems enables enterprises to capitalize on change. Learn more at techsystems.com. That's T-E-K systems.com. Now let's get back to the show. So let's um, move to next topic I wanted to talk about today. So many listening to this podcast are familiar with the distinction between what we call X data or experience data and O data or operational data. I want to talk about these in the in the context of, of creating a customer-centric journey. But first... Uh, before we do that, just to make sure everybody's, uh, you know, on the same page here, do you mind just giving a quick overview of, you know, what do we mean by X or O data? 
Sure. Uh, a moment ago, we were talking about the difference between behaviors and emotion. Yeah. So think of behaviors as more aligned to O data. This, these are footprints people leave in their journey, often digitally. So, for example, when you have a CRM system of your interactions with a customer that show up in like Salesforce or SAP or Microsoft CRM or others, that's OData. It's in your systems. It, you can track some interaction you have with a customer. A lot, a lot of the statistics and KPIs that agencies use to measure and share their success on campaigns are OData. It's what people did to interact with you along the journey that show up in your systems. Experience data are what people are thinking, feeling, and saying. So an example of experience that a data everyone knows about is like ratings and reviews. Yeah. This is what people are sharing about their experience, what they felt, what they thought about a brand and their experience with it. A call to a call center that gets recorded and transcribed is becomes data. It's unstructured data. Chatbots are unstructured data. Messaging, when you get a message about, you know, how's your stay going so far, or you just bought that product, how's it going? That's, you know, whether it's an email or a text message or in app, that's a, that's a form of experience data. And the vast majority of experience data is unstructured data in these types of conversations, as opposed to surveys. 90% of data is actually unstructured, and this is growing exponentially. So surveys are declining as a share of the total. Got it, got it. So how do you balance the the X data and the O data when we're talking about customer journey orchestration approaches? The key is to start with where you want to create value and then think about what are the X and O data signals that I want to look at, to track my progress, to inform the design of the efforts, to measure the impact I'm having along, uh, along the kind of iterative improvements to that, that opportunity I'm working on. And looking at both the X and O data and then link those to business outcomes like CLD, like customer lifetime value, you'll find that there's a lot more predictive power to outcomes looking at the X and O data than there is at very high level metrics like CSAT or NPS. Yeah, got it. And so, you know, in, in your experience, certainly wor worked with a lot of brands out there that are trying to get the balance right. You know, where, where do, where do you think a lot of brands get this balance maybe wrong or perhaps they're overlooking something when they're making decisions based on you know, data and, and orchestration? I think one pitfall that companies fall into is they work in silos. Yeah. So they have one effort that's very focused using X data, whether it's NPS or CSAT or level of effort or other measures. And then they have other efforts that are using their O data and they're not coordinating or bringing the data sets together to get a more holistic view. So like you often find with companies, I'm sure, that there are silos that occur in the organization. They're not taking advantage of bringing the data together as well as just coordinating the efforts of the teams that are doing things that could be more in concert, but are, but are working in silos. So I think the first pitfall is to build a line you to avoid is to build alignment, you know, shared goals, teams collaborating, and then leverage the data more holistically as part of those efforts to, to help drive progress and have more continuous insights. Yeah. 
Makes sense. Well, so last topic I wanted to talk about was creating, I always talk about creating a win-win scenario. So, you know, creating outcomes that benefit both customers and the business and fostering both loyalty and growth. Because, you know, I really, I don't think results are sustainable and customer experience it can be great for a while but it's not going to be sustainable if there's not really the 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 business growth and the the business support and the business value being created behind it so you know while win-win sounds great you know we talked about goal setting at at the beginning of the show but you know how how do brands create this this win-win scenario you know our, our executives and stakeholders beginning to see the long-term value and investments in the customer experience, or do you see this as still kind of an uphill battle with some, you know, a few champions within? A lot of the discussion about aligning brand and consumer customer, a lot of it has, a lot of people talk about like shared values and, you know, cause marketing and things like that. And that's, that's actually very important. And when a brand engages in an authentic way that connects emotionally around the values of the company and the customers where they're shared, that can be very powerful. But this is actually broader than that. A lot of times people miss uh, a really important distinction, which is very powerful, which is that branding is about what you want the customer to feel about you. So when you talk about the brand, you're often thinking about what people are thinking, feeling, and saying about your brand. Customer experience is actually about how customers feel about themselves when they're interacting with your brand. Do they feel frustrated? Do they feel energized? Do they feel X, Y, Z? What emotion are they feeling about themselves? And a really successful brand is actually thinking about both. Lou Carbone, one of my friends and mentors, calls this the brand canyon, which is the gap between the brand and what the customer is feeling about themselves and the emotions they're feeling. And that's actually win-win. If you you improve the congruence of those two and the alignment of brand and CX, you're creating a win for the customer because you 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 make them feel better, you 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 more positive, less negative about themselves interacting with your brand. Yeah. Um, so that that's a win for the customer and a win for you because then your brand is stronger because of all those cumulative interactions that are congruent your brand strategy where they have positive emotion. And that's what makes them advocates for your brand is the positive emotion they feel during the experience. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of marketing and CX leaders and, and managers and directors listening to this show and it, one thing you and I have talked about in the past as well is just the relationship between the customer experience and, and the employee experience. So, you know, for the, for those leaders and, and managers of people listening right now, what is the role of the employee in that, you know, the, I, I love the way you describe the, you know, the, the brand and the, and the customer experience. What, what's the role of the, the employee in that and how can, how can leaders and managers help enable that? There's a lot of research that shows that engaged employees are more productive as well as contribute to a better CX. And Qualtrics actually shared a lot of research on this at their recent conference about the impact of better EX on better CX. 
And, and there, there's a lot of other research about that as well. MIT did a study on this and others have as well. I think this is, goes beyond just the human resources, the HR side, when we think about employee experience, like the, the higher to retire moments that matter, yeah. that will have a more indirect effect on your customer experience. But let's not forget that the vast majority of customer experiences involve frontline employees. So unless you're Netflix, you probably still have a lot of experiences that include human to human interactions yeah. with frontline employees. And a lot of these are now virtual and there's a game of pinball between digital interactions and human to human interactions and, and, and bouncing back and forth between them. But very few customer experience end to end are purely digital. So if you have, you know, if you have a frontline employee intensive business like healthcare, financial services, you know, retail, hospitality, travel, increasingly consumer brands that are selling direct to consumer and, and in some cases now opening stores, yeah. you have a human to human interaction still that is a customer experience and employee experience at the same time which means that your employees can contribute to a better CX and paying attention and listening to your employees and delivering a better experience for them, not only lowers churn of your employees and raises their productivity, but actually results in a higher CX too. Yeah. 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 No, that's yeah, great, great stuff. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for joining the show. It's always great to talk with you. I've got one last question before we wrap up here, though. Uh, sure. Based on what we talked about here and, and the, the articles we've written together and, and things like that, what is one piece of advice you would have for organizations that may need to play some catch up with their customer journey orchestration efforts as they navigate the months ahead? I think the most important thing is to not view this as turning on technology. So the technology is really powerful here and there's a lot you can do with AI and technology, but what makes it successful are the insights you develop, the way you engage your people, the change management, the human-centered design. All of this is actually what makes it successful and and efforts that are very focused on kind of a technology first lens are highly likely to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Matthew Eagle, founder and CEO of JourneySpark Consulting for joining the show. You can learn more about Matthew and JourneySpark Consulting by following the links in the show notes. Thanks, Greg. It's been great to be with you and uh, looking forward to continuing the conversation. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.